Hey, that works. I can hear myself. That's a that's a plus. Um, well, if we weren't worshiping and going over God's word, I'd tell you to just dismiss now so you're not disappointed. But uh, we'll give it a shot. Um, let's. Uh, I'm going to open in prayer. Lord, we just come to you this morning. Just thank you that you love us, which is part of what we're going to cover, that you loved us enough to redeem us from our deep, 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 deep sin and continue to love us. Thank you that we can meet together and for this church body. And just, you know, we all have issues in ourselves, our families, our friends, and you know what those are. And just ask that you would meet those needs and give us grace um, to trust in you. And now as we open your word, I ask that your Holy Spirit would work through them. And uh, help me not to get in the way. In Christ's name, amen. Now I can hear myself breathing. I was trying to fool around with this mic. Can you, I guess you can still hear me, huh? Okay. All right. Uh, I know if I'll need to wear my glasses, but they fog up when I put them on, so I may have to slip the mask down or, or something here. Um, anyway, um, I, as you know, we're, we're uh, going through our new uh, vision statement, i.e., I don't know if you call it a, con it's not a constitution, which I've been enjoying. It's been good uh, to hear... Um, here at school, written as I wasn't going to do it, but uh, Nate mentioned oh, that's a good idea. We've talked about the Bible and then God and, and uh, different ones have told, talked about the Father, what we believe about Him, know about Him, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Anyway, Jesus' work. And today, we're starting a section on humanity. And this is neat when uh, Nate was putting it together. Make me feel bad about being so technically ignorant. This stuff's kind of fun. Just figuring out how to use it. Okay, uh, this is kind of the overview. Humanity, I'm going to talk about man's status. Which I thought about, you could just sum it up and say, we are toast, you know. So, and go home. But we'll try to get a little more a little more in detail here and uh, go through through some scriptures that uh, confirm that um, so humanity we believe that humans were and then we'll go to our first scripture which is Genesis 1 26 and 27 and this is kind of a a little teaser we read it, and then you go back, and it tells you what we are. Okay, I'm, I'm going to read it, not because I don't think you can't read. Is that me? No. Uh, I'm kind of a musical guy, but no. Then it said, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. 
And just a little, you know, a little, the teeny bit of studying I did, I see why scholars have been going over this for thousands of years. It's pretty deep stuff. And there's a lot, a lot in it. So, okay. And I brought this up. I thought, well, I didn't. Nate put it in there, but I, I thought of, <laughs> I thought of a word, you know, the words, and actually it was, uh, most of these are references in my, the bottom of the Bible, below the, uh, where it stops being uh, God's word and man's interpretation. But anyway, so the Hebrew is for uh, image and, um, what did he say, image of God. Anyway, is uh, whatever that is, Selim and Demuth, or however you pronounce that. And then I mentioned in Latin, look at that, imago. I think that's probably image, huh? And similitudo, we can even figure that out. So the image is similarity to God. And in the Greek, which is, I think it's, I don't know how you pronounce it, but it looks like icon to me. It's basically an icon, which is like an image. I always think of the Greek Orthodox, the icons they'd have that always look like somebody that escaped from Auschwitz, you know, with a skinny neck. And Anyway, but it's supposed to be God or some, uh, some saint or something. But anyway, then, homoethiosis, which, I don't know, homo sapien. So anyway, that's where the, the words that, that the, the scripture uses to, uh, to, to describe God's image, the idea he was using, that he created man in. I have a, a note here from, was it Ryrie? Yeah. Ryrie, uh, I can't think of the word. But anyway, he's a scholar. Uh, according to him, image and likeness are synonymous and seem to convey a combination of God's characteristics Example of God's characteristic rationality, morality, holiness, other things, not necessarily physical. And so we believe that humans were created in the image of God because He said so. Okay, and our, and then here's another scripture. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the sky, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was his name. That's hard to believe. Man, that'd be hard to keep track of all that. And then we have, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called, uh, the Lord God called to man and said to him, where are you? Now, you might say, what's that got to do with anything? Well, I'll go ahead and I think we'll get the answer. Okay. Uh, the image of God and, our, and we, are, we believe that God loved man. That's what I was trying to illustrate there. I got ahead of myself. God loved man so much that he gave him dominion over all the animals. And uh, also, the second part, the second verse, that, uh, oops, was, and of course this is after the fall, Genesis 3, 8 to 9. 
But it illustrates that God was communing with man and, and communed person to person with God. Um, that's pretty incredible. And it doesn't, apparently, we are the only creation that he did that, or the only one of his creations. So we obviously, I believe, anyway, hopefully that is obvious that he loved us. So we're created in the image of God, we believe, and we are loved by God. That's a pretty good start. <laughs> See if I had any notes here. Oh, now I'm going to throw this out here. I don't believe my nature is to do things at the last minute. And not that I haven't been thinking about this for a while, but I did do some things at the last minute. Um, there's a, uh, a quote here. I'll throw it out here. I'm not even sure I totally understand it, but it seems pretty deep. So maybe somebody out there can, can think about it. Okay, God gave man dominion over the animals. Now, this is a quote. I believe this is from my study Bible at the bottom. It says, dominion is not the content but the consequence of the divine nature. I'll read that again, since it's not on the, not on the board. Dominion is not the content, but the consequence of the divine nature. That tells me is because we have the nature of God, it gives us, we have dominion. Now, that's not scripture, but uh, I think there's some truth to that. So I'll just throw that out there. Um, okay, I, I'd like to stop and ask if there's any questions, but I probably wouldn't have the answer, so I won't do that. <laughs> you can talk to Nate or Pastor Paul or Cliff or some of these people that know a lot more than I do afterwards. Um, <laughs> all right, I, I, I got ahead of myself, sorry. Okay, we're created by God in the image of God, and he loves us. All right, so far so good. But through an inherited, and here we have some scriptures to uh, illustrate the next point. Am I going to stop? You guys are going to get out early. You're lucky. All right, Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin. Okay, this is a, a truth that... Uh, Obviously, Adam sinned, and we inherited that. It's, it, it's kind of a coincidental. I don't know if it's coincidental, but it's interesting. We usually have a KVIP on a Sunday morning. There's a couple you know, ministers, and they play their messages. And one of them is Erwin uh, Lutzer, who used to be um, at Moody Church. Well, guess what he was talking about today? He was talking about sin. Um, I, well, that's pretty appropriate. I probably should have just uh, recorded that and played it over today. But uh, uh, anyway, it was kind of fun to listen to. I didn't get to hear all of it, but uh, it was right on the subject. Okay, so sin came through Adam to man. And I did hear he made the point that it's like our inheritance. We inherit things from our uh, parents or grandparents. That can be physical things and uh, emotional, you know, food, food genetics, not just material things, but it can be both. And this is one of the things we inherited from Adam, who is everybody's father so many 
how many generations back, unknown. Um, he also mentioned, he was talking about the angels, and he said, well, the angels don't have, didn't inherit sin. It was their individual choice, because they don't have parents or grandparents. They're all created beings. At least that was my understanding. So anyway, it seems like a kind of a, a bad deal, but we did inherit sin nature, and therefore condemnation um, or separation from God through Adam's actions. Sorry, this mask is kind of uncomfortable. Um, hey, I think I can get by without that. Okay, and then we, we also died. The sin always separates. I think there was a point I was going to make on that. All right, Jeremiah, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? See, I think the King James says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So it's the same thing, um, just a little differently. But yeah, that's our hearts, uh, everybody's heart. Uh, I certainly have that even now. You've got to fight it all the time, seems like. So we are loved by him, but through an inherited sinful nature, um, we're separated from God. And we can't be obedient to him or have communion with him daily like he did in the creation. He just talked to God every day, apparently. Oh, this is a good one. This will cheer everybody up. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart darkened professing to be wise, they became fools. I may be a fool, but I don't usually profess to be wise, but uh, and sometimes you see these people on wherever, TV or the radio, and I haven't been in college lately, but some of these professors think they're pretty wise, but sometimes they are, but they can certainly be smart, but if they don't know the Lord, they're, uh, they're foolish. Okay, you cheered up, we can... Uh, Move on here. Let's see. So bottom line from the, the, that I want to bring out, there's lots of things in that passage, is that um, not only did we inherit um, our sin nature from Adam, we chose to uh, ignore God, to go our own way and do what we wanted to do, not what he wanted to do. I was recently, we call it scouting for deer, but it was basically just camping and running around with a couple of friends of mine, and you get out of nature and like at night, you get in the mountains, you can see the stars like crazy, it, it's, it's amazing. Now, to me, that speaks to God's creation and who God is. Um, unfortunately, the fellows I hunt with don't know the Lord and aren't real interested. I don't know they deny God, but uh, I don't see, think they see him in nature, so, which is pretty sad, but he's right there, I think. I think it was C.S. Lewis 
I was reading, and he basically said, yes, nature tells us about God, that there is a God, but it doesn't really tell us who he is. So we need to, that's where Christ's coming and the scriptures can enlighten us, but he's saying anybody should know who God is. Matter of fact, let me jump back to our scripture there. So that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. So I think that's one of the ways he did it was through, through the um, creation. Okay, Genesis 3, 23 and 24. Therefore, God's, the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. These are illustrating, the, I believe, the results of sin. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And uh, so we all have sinned. Um, once again, not only we inherit it from Adam, but we chose to sin as well. And Ephesians, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their hearts. You're getting pretty, pretty down and dirty there. He's not trying to compliment anybody, it doesn't sound like. So we're, we're willfully ignorant uh, and, and are hard-hearted. Isaiah, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear you. Our sins have separated us. Okay, look at that. Their choice and we are separated from God so anyway, we've illustrated that God made us, created us in his image. He loved us, gave us a Garden of Eden. Then Adam messed up. I kind of give Adam a lot of credit, though. I, it doesn't say how long they were in the Garden of Eden. But I'm sure I would have sinned before they did. So I'm sure he did a lot better than I would have done. Uh, so I'm trying to get too hard on the guy. Plus, Satan came along and talked to his, talked to his wife. You know that was before the fall, because what woman's going to talk to a snake nowadays? They're going to run away, and not too many guys talk to them either. Anyway, but then we also later on made a choice. I think I'll tell my story first. I think it, I think it illustrates it. I kind of got lost here. <laughs> I, I laugh at my own jokes, because nobody else will, but I was going to say, I was going to tell a story. And I, well, this this. The story's kind of apocryphal. And I thought, well, that sounds good. Uh, well, I don't want to get above my, my raisin, so I, I looked up apocryphal. And apoc means story, and griffol means brother-in-law. So it means it's, it's as accurate as a story your brother-in-law tells you. So depending on your brother-in-law, you can take it for what it's worth. Anyway, um, there, was a, there was a rich politician heard about and he uh, he was rich and famous and did real well well he died so well I, I did run this by Nate so even though it may be apocryphal he said the the doctrine was pretty squared away so <laughs> anyway so he goes he dies and he goes to the, the heaven and there's St. Peter's gate there and he talks to St. Peter and says oh okay I, I want to go to heaven. And St. Peter says, well, we don't get too many rich 
politicians here. <laughs> he said, so uh, we got a plan, though. He says, what you have to do is you have to spend 24 hours in heaven and 24 hours in hell, and then you can decide where you want to spend eternity. And the guy says, okay, we can do that. So Peter says, well, tell you what, why don't you go to hell first? And he goes over the elevator, goes way down, gets down to the bottom, the elevator stops, the door opens, and he's kind of kind of in fear, wondering what's going to be there. Well, here's this beautiful, beautiful green grass, and a big, it's a big golf course, and off in the distance, he goes off, there's the clubhouse, and he goes up there, and there's a lot of people he knows there. Uh, and his friends and anyway they're, they're they're just having a good time sitting around drinking and talking and, and they have a big dinner and he gets to play golf the next day and he even meets Satan at one point and Satan's a pretty friendly guy really kind of seems nice so before he knows it 24 hours is over and then he goes back to the elevator and whoop well you got 20 you got to spend 24 hours in heaven so he goes up to heaven and it's nice. You know, they're kind of up there just floating around and playing harps, and he meets a lot of nice people and, and has a good time. And at the end of that time, he goes back to the, talk to St. Peter, and St. Peter says, well, did you decide what you wanted to do? And he says, you know, heaven was really nice, but I, I, think, I think hell wasn't bad. I think I'd feel better there. Uh, so Peter says, okay. So it goes back to the elevator, goes down, the door opens, there's a lake of fire, and there's all these people screaming and yelling, and, and it's, it's awful. And he goes out, and, and here comes Satan, he says, Satan, what happened? I was here the other day, it was beautiful and, and nice. And Satan says, well, yesterday we were campaigning, and today you voted. So anyway, <laughs> I guess you could relate to that. Anyway. <laughs> Now we can get back to something, uh, <laughs> something not quite as uh, <laughs> funny. Okay, Romans 1.18 to 32. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them. Within them. Okay, I read this before, didn't I? Okay, I was going to skip down to verse... 22, 24. Okay, let's start here. <laughs> Therefore God gave them over to the lusts of their hearts, to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creator, the creature, rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them over to degrading passions for their women exchange the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way, also the men abandon the natural function of the woman and burn in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malicious, 
They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those practice, who practice them. I don't think he missed a whole lot there. So pretty, uh, I think we can all find something there we can relate to. Okay, here's a quote. I remember hearing this years ago, Malcolm Muggeridge, I don't know, he was a mid 20th century kind of social uh, commentator, writer, but he, he, was a, he had been an atheist and became a Christian. He said, the depravity of man is at once the most empirically verifiable reality, but at the same time, the most intellectually resisted fact. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. The world does not want to uh, say they're depraved uh, or that they're, yeah, they're any sin or anything they, they've done wrong. Okay, we're separated from God. In this condition, unredeemed humans are enslaved to the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's my illustration, my story. And are under God's and we'll read another scripture here. It is Hebrews 10, 31. It's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I didn't look it up. Was that Jonathan Edwards' scripture for his famous sermon? I'm not sure. And Revelation 6, 17. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Matthew 18, 11 to 12. I say to you that many will come from the east and west and recline at the table of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we're under God's wrath and ultimate righteous judgment. And that's kind of where we're at. This is uh, um, not a... Not a happy place to be. So you have to come back next week, and Frank's going to tell you how to, I think Frank's speaking next week, going to tell you uh, the good news, which is uh, of salvation. That's, uh, that's about all I got. So anyway, I'll turn it back over to Nate or whoever's. Or you want me to close in prayer, Nate? Okay. Lord, we just... Again, thank you for your love. Thank you for your word, um, which explains to us where we're at and uh, what you saved us from. And I just thank you for that. And I ask you to just bless each person here. Uh, bring your, ask your Holy Spirit would bring these scriptures uh, to their mind and that you would use it for your glory. In Christ's name, amen.